0: Welcome to Lickin on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update, providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin. Good to have you with us, everybody. Happy, happy, uh no, Tumpus Day. What the? It's a banking holiday, that's all I know. So it's good to have you with us. Appreciate you. It is October 10th, and we are looking at a gorgeous fall day here in Central Texas. And this podcast is created by mortgage professionals, for mortgage professionals, and we're the proud recipient of the Innovation Award. We're going to be talking about construction lending in the Hot Topics segment. We've got Chase Gilbert, who is really working on, he's got some technology that is making construction lending just as easy as anything you could ever do. A lot of people don't understand it, or they kind of do, or they think they do, but they can't find investors. But we're going to be spending some time in the Hot Topic segment talking about the Hot Topic or talking about this topic. So let's turn on the microphone and get Chase Gilbert here joining us. Chase is a fintech enthusiast at heart. He is a technology executive focused on construction lending and in that space, bringing it up to speed and helping it advance to so the point. In 2014, Chase co-founded a company called by the name of Built Technologies. Great name for a technology company that supports financial institutions and simplifies the way construction loans can be managed. It provides borrowers and builders with a transparent and streamlined experience when you're building a home, it's a very the, one of the first things that, uh, or one of the first products, the only products that I'm aware of that does it to the degree that they do. So, uh, Chase, good to have you with us on the program, and uh, welcome. Do you have your mic? Do we have you turned on? Yes, there you are. Look at it.
1: I'm here. Uh, it's great Here's to Dave. be here,
0: Dave. I appreciate you having me on. That's good to have you join us, Chase. And then construction lending has certainly been an area that is of interest. Alice, I uh, would love to have you join me in some of this, especially with your broad background. We both, Alice, have done a lot of uh, lending in the construction lending in our various past, so very interested to in sharing this knowledge with the world. So let's start off with this. Chase, It's a, when you look at what's going on in the world of construction spending, give our listeners an update. What is
1: going on? Is it increasing... Is it
0: decreasing?
1: What's the status? You know, I think we've all seen construction lending on sort of a slow path of recovery ever since the financial collapse. But it's definitely poised for growth. Uh, you know, I saw Price Waterhouse recently put out their global construction report, and it predicted that the volume of construction output will actually grow by more than seventy percent to fifteen trillion dollars worldwide by two thousand twenty-five. So, pretty pretty incredible growth uh, scheduled wow. ahead. That's significant. What's driving this growth? Well, I actually read, I read the whole report, and I, I doubt that most people would want to. But as, as you might imagine, China, the U.S., and India are the three biggest drivers. In fact, they account for 60% of all of that growth. But the United States alone is projected to increase 30%, 36% uh, by 2020 to a total of $1.5 trillion just here at home. So significant growth. Significant
0: growth, that's an understatement. But when you focus on the U.S. market, what do you think is the biggest driver of this rebound in just the U.S.?
1: Uh, Construction loan volume uh, has been growing quarter over quarter for the last three years, according to the FDIC. Uh, However, residential or single-family construction is still off the peak by about 68%, whereas non-residential land development multifamily-type loans are only off their peak by 47%. And I think if if you're really looking at the overall rebound, I think both coming back is what's going to drive a lot of that anticipated growth. When you look at this residential market, what's holding it back? I think uh, a lot of factors, to be honest. I'm, I'm sure some economists a lot smarter than I am could provide the scientific answer, but one of the factors that we're for sure seeing is that home builders are struggling to access financing and fewer lenders have really opened up to making acquisition and development loans, which is creating a lot of supply shortages in many markets uh, throughout the country. I know that you all over in Austin aren't seeing it as much and me in Nashville, but a lot of the areas of the country for sure are. And that means fewer homes can get built, which is driving the prices up. And it feels like new construction demand is there, but builders are really waiting on lenders to make that capital more available.
0: How is this lack of credit availability to the home builders specifically impacting
1: the consumer construction lending? You know, housing in America has historically been fueled by home builders actually having access to credit to build homes and then sell them to people like us. So, fast forward through the recession, uh, you know, new equity requirements, regulation reforms, overall hesitancy from lenders, and it's created a difficult landscape for builders to get back in the game and this is forcing builders to get more creative. So they're working with more lenders than ever. They're looking for alternative sources of capital that can also be a lot more expensive. And then ultimately they're directing their client uh, directly to lenders that offer construction to perm programs.
0: Could you explain a little bit more, Chase, and, and what you mean by uh, construction to perm? Not, not everyone's familiar with it. I understand the term, but if you could explain it a little
1: bit more, please. Yeah, of course. Uh, the, A construction-to-perm loan is just a form of a consumer construction loan. Essentially, it's a construction loan that immediately rolls into permanent financing, say a 30-year mortgage. During the construction phase, loans are typically interest-only until the home is completed, and then it converts to that permanent mortgage. And because of the permanent takeout on the back end, these loans have a much lower risk profile than a traditional construction loan, and they can be a lot more profitable because They have that mortgage component.
0: That's interesting. Got that part of it. Now, where do you see the consumer construction
1: lending playing a role in the future of the industry? I think consumer construction lending is a huge opportunity that's only growing bigger. And the funny thing is, from my perspective, very few lenders are actually taking advantage of it. I feel like if high-quality programs emerge, then there's a real opportunity for construction to perm lending to grow bigger than ever before for the simple fact that lenders would prefer lower risk, higher margin loans than they would to make a pure construction loan that has a higher risk profile and less profitability. So what do you
0: mean by a very few are taking advantage of this opportunity?
1: You know, construction to perm loans can be high margin and are obviously much lower risk profile than a speculative construction loan. Today, there's just not that many programs available to consumers that want new construction loans. So it seems like we're really just beginning to see construction-to-perm programs really start to ramp back up due in part to new construction demand and a lack of credit availability to home builders. Uh, For instance, at Built, we've been exposed to a lot of lenders that are either launching a program or ready to grow their existing program just because they're feeling this sense of demand. Isn't part of the reason for fewer construction-to-perm
0: programs just a general lack of experience with construction lending, or is it... Lenders not wanting to deal with the headache of all that, all the administrative work, and that's oftentimes required in the post-closing. Uh, you
1: nailed it. Uh, I think that exposes part of the opportunity that exists. So offering a construction program won't be for everyone, but I think the ones that do pursue it will have much less competition in that area.
0: Well, let's let's talk about this. I mean, can you explain the difference between the two most common types of construction lending? to permanent lending, a one-time close, the OTC, or a two-time close. There's, there's two aspects of it. Now, many of you that are listening to this are involved in this aspect of lending and your experience on it, but there's a, a huge amount of off, of listeners and companies not involved in it. So explain those two characteristics or those two uh, categories.
1: Absolutely. You know, a one-time close loan, or as you mentioned, an an OTC loan, is kind of what it sounds like. It's a single loan with a construction phase built in, or some people call that inclusive of, and it's usually interest only until the project is completed, at which point it converts to a traditional mortgage. And alternatively, a two-time close breaks the construction term and the permanent mortgage into two transactions, and there's not really a right or wrong, and there's definitely pros and cons to each. Uh, sometimes it is harder for an independent mortgage company to offer a true one-time close, just because sometimes their warehouse lines aren't really designed to hold the construction phase on their books. Right. Uh, right. Bank-owned mortgage companies and banks often don't have this restriction. When you when you're look, I've got so
0: many questions coming developing here. And Alice, I'm going to toss some, the mic to you here in a little bit here. I would like to get some of your thoughts on this, especially with your experience on this. Uh, Where do renovation loans fall into in this whole construction conversation? And are they included in the construction lending to perm, construction to perm programs?
1: We usually do see a correlation between the lenders that are offering a a CP program uh, and those that are offering renovation loans. From an oversight perspective, there's a lot of parallels between new construction and renovation loan oversight just because they follow a very similar process. So some lenders offer their own renovation product and there're also some great agency back loan programs like the FHA 203k program or the Fannie Mae HomeStyle program that are worth looking into if if someone's really thinking about launching this type of program.
0: Alice, I'll toss the mic over to you for some of your thoughts on construction lending. There's a lot this is a big topic.
2: Yes, it is. So, uh thanks for being on the show, Chase. Uh, you know, it is such a dicey product, right? So um, even something that would seem pretty straightforward, like a construction to perm, lenders in a one-time close have challenges. So what would you say to those lenders with concerns about, you know, ac to C2P loan? Uh,
1: number one, I would say it's completely understandable. I think uh, construction lending of all types requires and deserves constant oversight and, you know, appropriate disbursement controls in place. But if you really dive into where where many lenders got hurt the most, it was raw land, acquisition and development loans, supplying builders with too much capital for speculative purposes without the demand to back it up. And the reality is that making a construction a perm loan just has a different risk profile because of the fact that the takeout is there on the back end. And this is partly why I believe that lenders should be looking at these programs more seriously before ramping up on the spec lending side, for instance.
0: Well, if you're looking at
1: Go ahead, Alice. Did you have another question?
2: Oh no, go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just going to say, if you look at that risk of the construction loan, so you know, not unlike a traditional loan where lenders are underwriting the credit worth of the borrower and appraising a finished home, obviously with construction, you run into the costs, the cost overruns. You just have addi- um, additional risks and paperwork to make sure I stay in first lien position. <laughs> uh, what are some of the risks you would say lenders need to be aware of?
1: Yeah, you, you you nailed it. Uh, you know, I like to say the goal of a construction loan is to finish on time, on budget, and without any misappropriation of funds. And for sure, anyone that's been in the industry knows that's often easier said than done. But a lot of the construction risk uh, can really be managed during the origination period with just smart builder and budget due diligence. And then once construction begins, I think the biggest focus shifts to making sure every dollar goes directly into the collateral. And making sure nothing takes your legs out from under you, like you mentioned, things like budget, you know, draw inspections, collecting lien releases where applicable, uh, ensuring the appropriate insurance policies are in place, monitoring stale loans that haven't had any activity, or just like some of the smart practices that that a lender can follow to help mitigate some of that risk.
2: So, so Dave, can I jump in here with just one more question on that thought? Yeah, we have tried so hard to get, you know, that, like you said, that this is better at the origination stage because it makes such a difference that when the originator can prepare the borrower properly. Do you have any tips there on the best way to really get that to happen? Lenders talk about it, but then executing it is sometimes very tough. And you know borrowers, they're always changing while that house is being built. <laughs> How do you get stable from the beginning and stay stable?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, communication early and often is key. I think for a lot of consumer borrowers, they come in understandably naive to what a construction loan even is. And so I think for lenders to prepare documents, uh, I like to say, you know, put as little text as possible. And if you can, try to convert it into almost an infographic explaining what you can expect during the construction phase the way a draw works, and the fact that you don't just have access to, you know, $400,000 that you just closed on that construction loan day one, there are sort of uh, appropriate and needed disbursements throughout the life of the loan to make sure that every dollar is going into the collateral. And then I think also a big component is just the builder or contractor education in what it's like to work with your operation and what they can expect, because a lot of times, we find that the builder is usually just as involved in the conversation of navigating that construction loan as the loan officer just because they're there from the beginning to the end of the project build out.
0: Why do you think more lenders are not taking advantage of that? Is it be, is a lack of knowledge or is it really uh, the
1: perceived risk? I just want to drill into that a little bit more. To me, I think the, the biggest risks are probably a lack of infrastructure, number one, just to manage the actual construction phase. And then I think another big component is not wanting to deal with the perceived headaches because if you can choose between a refi or a traditional mortgage and a construction loan, there's typically no question. But, you know, as, you know, if rates rise or if you're just an opportunistic uh, lending operation, I think offering a construction loan has, you know, big pros and it can definitely be an attractive Product offering. I think another another component you touched on is, absolutely the perceived risk. I think construction lending does have such a na- negative connotation for a lot of people, and I don't want to dismiss any of those concerns. But if you're interested, then they can absolutely be overcome. Well, one of the things
0: I want to focus on is perceived uh, the, uh, the infrastructure as needed, there. and if you could talk literally about what is required to get a construction lending program off
1: the ground, for sure. I'd start by doing your homework. Uh, it's amazing what you can accomplish just reaching out to the market. So I would say assess demand before you really go down that path. And it can be answered pretty quickly by just talking to some of the local builders and asking them point blank, do you feel like there's a need for a well-run construction to perm program? And if the answer is yes, then I think the next question becomes you know, a decision of how you plan to manage the builder due diligence and the acceptance and budget cost reviews, and then the ultimate administration of the loans. And there's not really one answer. So you, you might do that in-house. Uh, you might choose to outsource certain functions of that to people that specialize in helping lenders with that very, very problem. So there's lots of ways, and, and you know, it, it's probably – there could be a whole segment on that in all reality. Sounds, yeah. Is it
0: required – I mean, you've got technology that you're providing. Part of the infrastructure is the technology that you have. So, is there more technology? And I want to talk about that. I Want to make sure we have allow enough time to get into talking a little bit about what you do there. But you know, I want to move on. So let's bookmark that. I'll come back to that just a little bit later. Why? Why is it important to
1: get builders to want to work with you?
0: What's What's their alternatives if there's if it's not readily available out there?
1: Well, I think getting builders to to want to work with you is the key to building a a successful construction of perm program. And so the answer is probably simpler than you might think. Builders want to refer their clients to the lenders that make it easy to work with them. And building a great construction of perm program can be the gift that keeps giving if builders know that it's simple to work with you. So they're typically one of the most powerful referral sources. If you talk to a lot of the top construction lenders in the country, that's what they're going to tell you. It's, if builders love you, then
0: you're going to be in a good spot. Yeah, you, but there, that doesn't always mean that you're guaranteed to get the loans out of that. I've, I've talked to a lot of people who have done the construction or construction lending. Generally speaking, they're not getting the, the, the takeout loans on the backside of it. So, but let's talk about really how do you make it easier for builders to do business with you, and then I want to focus on the consumer
1: part of it at some point in time. For sure. I think you know similar to the influence that a buyer's agent has on a traditional mortgage home builders are often able to steer you know more construction to perm loans to the lenders that they enjoy working with so while rates may prove to be somewhat consistent across lenders uh, the predominant factor that drives builder referrals of consumers is ease of doing business so if you think about it most builders are used to being in the driver's seat on their own loans so when it comes to a construction to perm loan The builder wants to feel like their hands aren't tied behind their back because they're dependent on these construction loan proceeds, but yet they're not the borrower on these transactions. So that's one of the areas that our business is really improving, actually. We allow all stakeholders complete transparency to everything going on in real time, similar to almost being able to track a package and know where things sit at all points uh, based on your role. How many of the one-time close versus the two-times close, what is
0: the percentage of loans, again, that you're seeing going in those two buckets from your experience?
1: You know, from our experience, a lot of the lenders that have initially adopted our platform are, are bank-owned mortgage companies. So many of those have are offering a one-time close product uh, because they can. But we're starting to bring on more independent lenders that, that for sure are very active in the two-time close product or even construction only and then hoping to get the takeout on the back end. So you're the co-founder of a financial technology company that
0: focuses on the construction lending space. How did that happen? Did you just have a love for this? Were you involved in it and see an opportunity? Kind of share with our listeners how you got to this place where you created this technology.
1: Our company was literally founded out of firsthand frustration with the construction lending process. Uh, My co-founders and I saw that we live in this digital world But everything we experienced in construction lending is slow, manual, paper-based, lacked any transparency, and we knew at the end of the day there was a better way, so we asked how it should work with modern technology, and then we set out to build it. Now that you have even more involved in the industry, what are you
0: seeing in the technology landscape for construction lending? Is this an evolving area? There hasn't been a lot, and it seems like you're one of the first products that I've, I've At least I've become familiar with. There's a few other lenders out, some LOS systems that say they have that in the front end, but I wonder if it's as thoroughly, if it's as dedicated and to the process at which you
1: are. You know, Dave, historically, there really hasn't been a lot of innovation to your point on the way construction loans are actually managed. And as a result, they're typically managed on spreadsheets. And so technology for construction lending has been focused on the ability to originate. Or handle the financial transaction from a servicing perspective, but nothing around the actual management of the loan, and that 's where we realize all the risk and the inefficiency lies, so all that 's starting to change, and it built we feel like we 're really leading the charge on that well if,
0: if, there's so much in this topic that when you look at it, so the, your, how long has your company been in business again you 've started this was it fairly recently, or
1: I just learned about yeah, it yeah, we have been in. We, uh, we, we started in January 2014, so we're, okay. uh, I guess, quickly approaching three years now.
0: And someone just wrote us, so were you involved in construction lending, or are you a technologist? One of our
1: listeners just texted me a message. You know, I am a technologist. My, uh, well, kind of both. It's a funny story. In a previous lifetime, I actually was the recipient of construction loans, but my two business partners were, one of them, large in the home building world, the other uh, has been a lender as well as a developer. So, sort of a, con- a combination of skill sets all come together to to solve this problem set.
0: So you you found out you founded this company. You've really begun to do some things. And you know, if the industry hasn't changed in 40 years, do you think it's it'll easily adapt or embrace this new technology that what you've created or the whole process of construction lending? What's what's your prediction on where
1: it's going? Fortunately, I can say I do because I'm seeing it happen firsthand. Uh, Anytime a solution comes around that can significantly reduce risk and increase profitability, I think you're going to have people pay serious attention. Plus, I think the increased pressure from regulators to really have a grasp on your construction portfolio intensifies this need to evolve, especially for people that have been active in construction lending for years. They know there really is just this major gap, and there's been a needed solution for a long time. Uh, you know, if, if it's any indication, like last week it was pretty exciting. We got named one of the top 20 fintech uh, forward companies oh. to watch, just just because of the fact that the industry I think recognizes how much need there really is. That's a great reward. Who worded that out to you? American Banker, in conjunction with BAI, uh, oh, good. actually That's puts puts out the the annual fintech forward. Uh, companies to watch and top 100 companies and so we we feel very uh, lucky to have been named another listener just
0: wrote and said you know i have i'm new to construction lending will your system walk me through the process i mean uh, how much do i need to hire a consultant i guess they're asking me that to get me involved in the uh construction lending business i know alice knows the space well i know it well but you know if they were to buy your solution or license your solution? Which is it? Is it a buying or a licensing your solution?
1: We are a success-based pricing model software and service business. So Hmm. uh, it's sort of pay by the drink. We make it really easy to get going uh, and no big upfront costs or anything like that. And I think, you know, that whoever just reached out to you, I would encourage them to reach out to us. We We don't typically like quote unquote launch a program for someone. But one of the benefits of working with us is that we do have a very white glove approach to bringing on new clients. And it's it's something our client service group takes great pride in just studying. We, We do have the benefit of getting to see successful operations across the entire country, and we're always trying to guide people towards best practice. So, Chase, uh, it's been great to have
0: you here. Again, our guest has been Chase Gilbert of Built Technologies. But what is the best way for people to get a hold of you if they want to get into construction lending or learn more about your product and the services you provide?
1: They could reach me directly at chase.gilbert at getbuilt.com. So we'd love to have face-to-face time or a phone call with anyone uh, for anything. Another question just came in. We're getting some
0: questions. We're out of time, so we're going to just wrap this up with this one last question. For someone that's wanting to set up a program on this, does your product, this is a very specific question, does your product, is it kind of a turnkey product where they can license your tool, your technology, and basically get a construction lending program up and running quickly?
1: Absolutely. I think that's a great way to categorize what we do.
0: Good. Well, we'll check it out. Anyway, so good to have you all with us. Appreciate you joining in again. Thank you, Chase, for being a part of it. Check out the website
1: www.getbuilt.com
0: Getbuilt. Com. Get built. Com. Check it out, folks. It's great technology. It's good. Chase came highly recommended by a very good friend of mine. Someone who knows technology says this is a quite a product. You need to get to familiar with it. I'm glad you took some time to come on. I I can tell by the questions that are stacking up. We're going to have to have you back, Chase, to answer some of these questions I'll forward. Hopefully get some of these forward down or have them get in touch with you directly. Good to have you with us. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Look forward to having you back here next week. Have a great week, everybody. This has been Lincoln on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. Thank you for listening.